Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Well, the word is going to be powerful tonight. And we want you to get ready because coming to the platform right now, put your hands together for Dr. Cindy Trim. We are so excited to be sharing with you tonight, continuing on in our series of The Blessed Life. How many of you feel blessed right now? Just imagine what you feel right now is about to be put on supernatural steroids. God is going to do something great with you, in you, for you, around you. And everyone that is attached to you is going to be blessed along with you. That's your mother. That's your father. That's your son. That's your daughter. Even down to your dog and your cat. I am decreeing and declaring that you are ending a season of struggle. And you are coming into a season where everything that you do will be blessed. Your business will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Government is going to be blessed. The community you live in is going to be blessed. I am decreeing a season that will never stop. It will be perpetual. I decree you are coming into a season of perpetual blessing. If you believe it, put both your hands together and come into agreement with that by clapping your hands. And it doesn't matter where you are. Whether you are in your home or whether you are in a salon, wherever you are right now, come into agreement with that declaration. My life is blessed. I am blessed. My family is blessed. The Bible said, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. I establish it is the blessing of the Lord that is going to make you rich. The blessing of Abraham is coming upon you now in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we want to continue on in our series and we want you to hit that cheer button and want you to hit that button just to show how much you love the teaching as well as continue to uh, make your comments. If something hits you and you love that, it may be that someone else might have missed it, but you sharing it will help that to come to their conscious mind. But tonight we want to invite all of you to open up your word and the word of God out of the book of Matthew chapter 5 and for our teaching tonight we are only going to be teaching from verse number 6 the blessed life the blessed life can you shout I'm blessed the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse number 6 blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled and tonight I want to teach on a very simple topic how to find fulfillment in life how to find fulfillment in life blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled or for fulfilled in other words when you put first things first when you make the king and his kingdom the highest of your pursuit the highest of your desire God said that is the beginning of you living a life of fulfillment. So that means fulfillment happens when you are satisfied, when you're happy because of fulfilling or developing your abilities or character. So when you put God first, God himself will cause the Holy Spirit to become the catalyst of you not only fulfilling,
fulfilling purpose and maximizing your potential, but bringing joy into your life where the joy of the Lord will be that satisfying element and component of your everyday life. In other words, you can defy the status quo. So many people are walking around in life depressed, discouraged, and they're disconnected. They're disconnected from their family and their community. They feel isolated. They feel lonely. They're less than fulfilled. There are so many people that woke up this morning to go to jobs that don't satisfy them. There are so many people that are going to go home from those jobs and they're going to be in relationships that don't bring them joy and don't don't bring them happiness. And to me, this particular beatitude is important because it says to me that no matter what is going on around you, you can defy the odds. You don't need Zoloft. You don't need Valuum in order for you to go through your day. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol to put you on a high. What about this? You don't need a happy Friday or a, what is that, that event? You see, I don't have it. Happy hour. You don't need a happy hour. In fact, people just don't have happy Fridays or they have happy Mondays, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. They don't just have happy hours anymore. Every night, the bars are filled with people that are trying to drown their sorrow and drown their disappointment and drown their emptiness and drown their loneliness. Right now, there are drug houses filled with people snoring and shooting up because they are trying to drown the feeling of, of disappointment and the feeling of loneliness or the feeling of abuse and they have chosen drugs and they have chosen alcohol but you don't have to go that route when you make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. He'll give you joy that alcohol can never give you. He'll give you a high that drugs can never give you. You don't have to tap out of life in order for you to feel as if that uh, nothing else is going to matter, uh, only what you were doing at that particular time. You don't have to use drugs. You don't have to use alcohol. And you don't have to use people. You don't have to be entertained when you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the person of the Holy Spirit he not only gives you righteousness he gives you peace and then there is joy in the Holy Ghost and this is the signs of the kingdom the Bible said but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you this particular beatitude lets me know that I can live a fulfilled life I can wake up in the morning feeling fulfilled I could go to bed at night feeling fulfilled. I can have fulfillment in my relationship. I can have fulfillment in my work. Why? Because I have taken care of first things first. I have made the kingdom my highest pursuit and loving God my highest pursuit. When we hear the word fulfillment, fulfillment means that you're satisfied and happy because of fully developing your ability and your character. Therefore, when you talk about fulfillment or living a fulfilled life or blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness before because they will be filled they will live a life of fulfillment so fulfillment happens when you bring to completion or uh, the reality um, your goals or your dreams or your aspirations when you are able to achieve or realize something that you've desired or something that has been promised or something that is perfect been uh, prophesied or predicted and there are so many people especially born-again believers who have received prophecy and they don't want to hear another prophecy because they were waiting for the fulfillment of a prophecy that was spoken over their lives maybe five years ago or ten years ago but I'm telling you something God never lies and he and 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 if he has promised he's gonna bring it to pass fulfillment talks about being successful successful at doing something or carrying out a task or a duty or a role or an assignment you know fulfillment has to do again with being satisfied with being content with being happy with being pleased with with being 
being uh, untroubled or at ease or living in the realm of peace. I decree and declare that even as the antonym or the opposite of that is being discontent or unhappy or unfulfilled, I am decreeing that as you embrace this beatitude, your days of being discontented is over. Your days of being unhappy are over. Your days of being unfulfilled are over. Today, God is empowering you to realize your dream. He's empowering you to fulfill your purpose. He's empowering you to accomplish your goals. I decree every hindrance to to living the fulfilled life is squashed. It is canceled in the name of Jesus. I decree every hindrance that is, is in your life every bit of source of frustration is being destroyed by the anointing of God. I decree people that frustrate you are going to have a change of heart and and where they frustrate you, they're going to celebrate you in this season and they're not only going to celebrate you, they're going to celebrate with you because you're going to accomplish a dream. You're going to realize your purpose, a goal, something that you wanted is going to be satisfied and it's going to be satiated. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout, I believe it. When it comes to living the fulfilled life, this begins with you putting first things first. When you purpose and when you pursue, when you purpose in your heart that you are going to pursue righteousness or right living, and then you put all your energies, you place all your energies into maintaining a righteous life before God. It means that you have to decide every morning that I will not compromise my Christian value. In in other words, you've got to let the devil know, devil, you could go to hell because my integrity is not for sale. My character is not for sale. My Christian values are not for sale. That means that when we look at humanity and where humanity was and where we are today, we have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam uh, pursued something other than God, um, other than God's best for him. So when, when he was seduced into walking away from his uh, relationship with God or right standing with God or right living before God, he was seduced by Satan. And this caused him to fall and it caused all of humanity to live in a state where we just feel like there is something that is missing. So when the devil fell, or when, when, excuse me, when man fell, the devil gave him an unnatural appetite. And, 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 and that meant that where he was satisfied in pursuing the things of God and, and, and pursuing his purpose, now he had an appetite that was uh, um, contrary or misaligned with his desire for God and the presence of God and the things of God. So when man fell, the devil gave him this unnatural appetite. And that means that ever since then, we are struggling in humanity with an appetite disorder. We have an eating disorder. Ever since then, people everywhere have been uh, living less than fulfilled lives because the devil has convinced people to consume carnal candy at the expense of consuming the word of God, the milk of God, and the meat of God's word. That means that what God is doing in our relationship with him now is restoring our original appetite. That means that all of our uh, temporal gain and acquisition, anything that is material, is no substitute for the level of spiritual um, uh, fulfillment that God wants to give you, he wants to give me, and he wants to give to to all humanity. That means that people can accumulate things, they can accumulate money, they can accumulate wealth, but it's not going to satisfy that drive, that hunger that is on the inside 
satisfied. It cannot satisfy your spiritual appetite. You, it cannot satisfy your spiritual thirst. It cannot satisfy your spiritual hunger. In other words, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Money is no substitute for spiritual things. Now, money can buy things, but it cannot buy everything. Money can buy you a house, but it cannot buy you a home. Money can buy people, but it cannot buy friendship. Money can buy someone's attention, but it cannot buy someone's affection. Money can buy you a bed, but it cannot buy you sleep. Money can buy you food, but it cannot give you an appetite. Money can buy pleasure, but it cannot bring you joy. Money can buy tranquilizers and drugs and alcohol and sedatives and value and Adderall, but it cannot buy peace. Money can buy medication but and pharmaceuticals, but it cannot buy health. Money can buy religion, but it cannot buy salvation. Money can buy expensive clothes, but it can give you class or culture. Money can buy a wonderful meal, but it cannot give you manners. Money can buy influence, but it cannot buy integrity. Money can buy you a first class seat on an airplane, but it cannot buy you class. Money can buy you sweet perfume, but it cannot give you a beautiful attitude. Rich people know about money, but a lot of people would rather sacrifice right standing with things. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? There is something that Will Rogers said. He said, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't even like. This is the average person keeping up with the Joneses. But God said, you can have a fulfilled life and you can have all those things when you make, uh, put first things first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things can be added unto you. The level of fulfillment that we are looking for starts with the king and his kingdom. John 4, 34 says this, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In other words, when I work for God, this is going to satisfy and satiate my appetite. What God is doing with this, this generation generation, this generation of believers, God is realigning our appetite. And when I speak of appetite, I'm referring to the deepest organic cravings within mankind that motivates him and drives him to act or behave or respond in a certain way. And when we talk about these motivations or the eight human drives, number one, all of us have it and it's inborn in us. We were born with it. It's not something that happens because someone gave it to us the day we were born. Each one of us were born with the same kind of drive. Number one, we were born with an appetite for community. In other words, we were born for bonding with, other, with each other. We strive to connect deeply in a relationship that is mutually beneficial and mutually loving. We strive to, to, to develop relationships that are significant. And there are some people that are antisocial, but most people, whenever they are not connecting at a deep level with someone else, there's the feeling of abandonment and there's a feeling of isolation and there's a feeling that something is wrong with me. And this is why social media is so superficial because we just uh, all of a sudden say, I got a hundred friends, uh, I've got a thousand friends, I've got ten thousand friends, but they're really not your friend. What you are simply saying is, I have a need to bind, bound with people, but because I can't bound with them in person, I would rather use something superficial. At least I have a sense of having some one that likes me. And you, you have to understand when there are people that unfriend you, the average person goes into depression, not even realizing that that, that is the, the high deception of social media. Why would you be depressed?
impressed if, if you didn't know that person. You know nothing about that person except what you see on social media. The depression is coming from a need that God placed there and it's a need to bind, bound with someone. Number two, inherent in every individual is the feeling, a need to feel significant or a need to be needed. That means that we strive to have our talents recognized and our, our, uh, our gifts recognized and to be valued as an individual. Even if we do a, a not so good job, we still want someone to say that you did a good job. You want to be significant. You want to feel that the things that you are doing, someone is recognizing it and someone is appreciating it and when you fail to have that appreciation that 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 drive that appetite goes unsatisfied and therefore that means that everything about you your gestures your thoughts you want to make sure that they're contributing to something and and when you have gifts and talents that are not being used or recognized there is a feeling of, of, of emptiness on the inside of you you feel less than uh, fulfilled the next area is that we have a need to grow. We have, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an appetite that God has given us. We want to grow. No one wants to be considered immature. No one wants to uh, be in the same place that they were three years ago or five years ago. And I found out that whenever we have stagnation, then we always want to tell a story. Either what people prohibited us from doing or how we were pro we, we, we had hard times and, and we couldn't become the person that God wanted us to be. But we strive to progress. We strive to maximize our potential. The next need that we have is knowing. That's when we, we, want, we need information because we want to be on the cutting edge and then we want to be known. We may not be, want to be celebrity status but we want someone to know that we exist. Even if it's your BFF, even if it's your boo, we have a need to be known. We want someone to know us and we want to be known because we have a need to be accepted. We want to make Make sure that someone knows even if you do something dumb, you want someone to know that you are not dumb, that you're intelligent and you just made a mistake. We have a need to be known. We have a need to acquire where we are rewarded for our labor. We want uh, things that bring us joy and we want toys. And then we have a need to accomplish, uh, to see positive results from our efforts. Nobody wants to do something and then at the end of the day you have nothing to show for it. There's no degree. There's no plaque. There's no uh, salary. There has got to be something that lets you know that you accomplish something in your life and then we have a need to feel safe, to be protected. We need to be protected uh, from harassment and torment and anxiety and fear. You put all these eight things together and this is humanity's greatest drive, our greatest hunger, our greatest thirst. Humanity no longer has a hunger and thirst therefore for righteousness. They have replaced their thirst and their hunger with things only to find out that those things have not bought fulfillment. Going back to Adam, when he fell, he caused humanity to suffer from an eating disorder. And when I talk about eating disorder, I'm talking about something that is spiritual, not something that is superficial, but something that says that my, my spiritual life is totally satisfied. And you cannot live a Christian life without reading the word of God. You cannot live a Christian life without praying daily, without reading your word daily without worshiping, without praising God. Because if you can bring that area of your life into alignment, every other area of your life will fall into alignment. We need to stop preferring the carnal candy of this world and start desiring the milk and the meat of God's word. And so it is presented to us today that we are blessed when we hunger and when we thirst after righteousness. It is this beatitude that God is offering 
us a new appetite stimulus. In other words, whenever a person loses their appetite, oftentimes they have to have an appetite stimulant. And what the word of God does for you spiritually, it becomes a spiritual appetite stimulant to increase your cravings for holiness that increases your cravings for righteousness that increases your cravings for ethics and morality and honor and respect and living according to the Ten Commandments so that your life is fully in alignment with the Word of God so that when people see you, they see you as a light. When people see you, they see you as salt. When people see you, they see you as a man and a woman of God different from this world that your life is displaying the fruit of the spirit. The church has been changed. Hallelujah. To help people find their way back to God. We have been charged, excuse me, the church has been charged to help people find their way back to God and to satiate their spiritual appetite. And this is our charge. Hallelujah. To teach you the word of God and to encourage you to seek righteousness and make right living your greatest priority. People are connecting in the midst of this world in the most unusual manners. Hallelujah. Just to be cared for, just to be loved, just to be acknowledged, just to be appreciated. More importantly, they are connecting in the most unusual way in this world just to become the individual they feel that they can become. But this is what the church is all about through the preaching of the word of God. God wants you to know that he cares for you and he loves you and you are appreciated, and you are wanted. He wants you to know that he has great plans for you, and you don't have to leave, hallelujah, your relationship with God in order to satisfy these deep uh, internal cravings that he himself braided and architected in your DNA. He placed it there for a reason, but those things should become secondary to your primary uh, primary pursuit. One of the things that we've discovered is this, that humanity is suffering from an identity crisis. So the question that I always ask, what does humanity really need? Humanity, humanity doesn't need a better government even though we can use a better government. What humanity really needs, humanity really needs God. Humanity needs God in government. God in our family, God in our community, God in our educational system. We need God in our churches. We need God in our schools. We need God to be God. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You know, it was back in the day when I was studying uh, to be a psychotherapist. We were studying Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And Maslow said that there is a hierarchy in human need. In other words, he painted the human needs as being fivefold. He said we have biological and psychological needs. And then he said we have safety needs. Then he went to the third one. He said after your safety needs are met and after your biological and physiological needs are met, then you have the need for belongingness and love. And then he goes to the fourth one and he says you then if that is satisfied, you have a need for esteem. And then he said, if that needs get satisfied, there's the need for self-actualization. In other words, people will not be motivated to go to the sex, second level or the third level or the fourth level or the fifth level until the first level is met. In other words, people are not going to be motivated until their basic life needs are met for air and food and drink and shelter and warmth and sleep. Those are the basic needs. But we have something that Peter said in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 1 and 4. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, he said to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. In other words, you your pursuit is the righteousness of God, the right standing with God, right 
living before God. This is righteousness. He said through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. He said grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. The more you know about God, the more you will access grace. The more you know about Jesus Christ, the more righteous you will live. He said grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then verse number three is a verse that changed my mind, is a verse that revolutionized my lifestyle. God said in verse number three, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You cannot miss this. Many things that you are pursuing, many things that you are com compromising your Christian walk to acquire, God said, I've already given it to you. He he said, I've given you divine power, hallelujah, and I've given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. In other words, you don't have to give up your Christianity to get things. You don't have to sell your soul to the devil to acquire things. The Bible said that according to your right living or righteous living and the love that you have for God and the love that you have for Jesus, he said my divine power hath given unto us all things and all things mean all. There's a song that they used to sing back in the day. I want to have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. But I don't like that song because it's not biblical. I changed the word of that song. I sing it now. I'm going to have Jesus and silver and coal. I'm going to have Jesus and riches untold. I'm going to have Jesus and everything this world affords to give. Then I changed the world. It word. If it, it then I changed the word of the song. If it doesn't want to give it, I'm going to take it because the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I'm going to have Jesus and silver and gold and I don't have to compromise my Christian value to do it. If you believe it, clap your hands and say I'm going to have it. When you discover the kingdom, you're going to discover that everything you need is in the kingdom and you don't have to sacrifice your worship. You don't have to sacrifice your praise. You don't have to sacrifice your right standing and your right living and your righteous lifestyle in order to get it. So what humanity needs, humanity needs God. Philippians 4 19, if you would turn there with me, please. The Bible says this, but my God shall, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so let's go back to Maslow's hierarchy of need. God is going to supply your biological and your physiological needs. That means that that's food and water and clothing and shelter, that you will have a sense of well-being. There are so many people that go through life. Have you ever woke up any, any morning or have you had a period in your life you just didn't feel like yourself? You didn't feel like anybody other than me. You just said, in other words, you did not have a sense of well-being. And this particular scripture lets me know from out of Matthew 6, 25 to 34, lets me know that as you fulfill right standing and righteousness before God, God is going to give you the power to live a fulfilled life. You're going to feel like yourself again. You're going to feel happy. You remember that time when you had faith, when you were first saved and you believed God for everything and you couldn't wait to go to church and it wasn't an option and you couldn't wait to praise God. You couldn't have, wait to have hands laid on you. You couldn't wait to hear the word of God. You remember when you first got your revelation and you call everybody, God showed me, God talked to me. You remember the first time God answered your prayers. You remember the first time you learned how to decree and declare and you are so excited I decree that feeling is coming back 
Oh yes, that excitement is coming back. You, God is going to take your joy and he's going to put it on steroids. You are going to live a fulfilled life. Shout, I'm going to live it. When you understand that when you make God your priority, he said, all your needs are going to be met. God is going to supply your, for your biological and physiological need. You're not going to have to worry about houses and where you're going to live and how you're going to live just by being obedient to the instructions of God and the strategy that he's going to give you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34. The Bible said, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither do they gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. That word E-T-H, feedeth, continues to feed them. They don't go around begging. You never see a sparrow on Skid Row uh, asking uh, with a sign saying, I'll work for food. Why? They just fly around in the sky. They enjoy the sun and enjoy their lives. And they fulfill the purpose that God has for them. Why? Because the Heavenly Father feeds them. The Bible said, are you, are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these, and to tomorrow is cast into. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. Stop worrying about what you're going to eat, or what you're going to drink, or wherewith shall you be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Then he goes on and he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. One of the things my mother used to tell me as we were growing up. He, my mother said, used to say to me, uh, Cindy, God will supply all your need. And if he doesn't supply it today, it means that you don't need it today. But when you need it, he will supply it. And I never forgot that. That just takes the worry out. If God said he's going to supply all your need and it's not supplied today, you don't need it today. But when you need it, he's going to supply it. Are you, are you getting this? So go to sleep. Stop worrying. It's coming. When you need it, it'll come. Number two, my God is going to help you to live a fulfilled life. Because once you've satisfied that first level of need, you go to the second. And that's the need for safety. So listen to this. God is the God that protects your personhood, your property, and for security. So your personhood is going to be protected as well as your property is going to be protected. God takes care of your safety need. Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feather and underneath his wings shall thou trust. He, his truth shall be thy shield and thy block buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor the error that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasted in the noonday. Watch this. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh your dwelling. It doesn't matter what's happening to others. God is protecting you. God is protecting you. He's giving you 
safety. Number three, we have a need for esteem. We have a need. We have a need to have a sense of identity that really matters. We need to know that our life matters and we need to feel good about ourselves and we need to feel good about, you know, the significant contributions that we are making. And one of the things that will help you is to understand that you have been created in the image and after the likeness of God. So that means that when people have that empty feeling like their life really doesn't matter and that no one cares, what they're suffering from is an identity crisis. We are infinitely more valuable than we can ever imagine. And when your self-esteem is built on the fact that Christ died to restore your self-image, when you are able to rise up every day and to let the devil know, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am a child of God. I am Christ's friend. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. I am a slave to righteousness. I am skilled. I am a leader. I am great. I'm a global influencer. I am heaven's representative. I am creative. I am innovative. I am powerful. I am loved. I am light. I am wise. I am reasonable. I'm a giver. I'm a trailblazer. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm an intercessor. I'm dependable. I am loyal. I am healed. I am healthy. I am prosperous. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a joint ear with Christ Jesus. I'm a, 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 a temple, a dwelling place of God. I am united with God. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a new creature. I am reconciled with God. I'm a son of God. I am a saint. I am God's workmanship. I'm a fellow citizen. I am a prisoner of Christ. I am righteous. I am holy. I am hidden with God. I am chosen by God. I am filled with God. I'm the beloved of God. I am a part of the household of God. I'm a member of a chosen race. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a member of one of the longest living dynasty. I am a holy nation. I'm, a po I'm possessed by God. I am an enemy of the devil. The devil is not my enemy, but I am his enemy. God, I'm a child of God. I am ear of salvation. I've been chosen when you are able to say with boldness and with conviction who you are the devil has to back up and once you are able to decree those things you will notice that your self esteem and your self image goes out hallelujah of uh, the orbit it, it begins to uh, cause you to rise up with confidence you will never have a sense of being uh, inferior to anyone in fact, I want to pray this over you that your days of feeling inferior are over. Hallelujah. God did not leave you out of the equation when he was giving out gifts and talents and, and when he was giving out personality. In fact, your personality is one of your standout characters. People love you and everyone that you know likes you. And if people don't like you, it's because you don't know them. But everyone you know likes you. Everyone you know celebrates you. Everyone that meets you treats you with respect and honor. I decree it and I declare it. You are going to rise up with confidence to be able to say, I know who I am. We have a need to connect deeply with others. The Bible said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commended his blessing. If you want to live a blessed life, start walking in unity. Find unity, because if you can connect and if you can unify right, right, unify right in the middle of that unity, God is able to bless you. We have a need to grow. Second Peter 3.18, God takes care of all of this. 
The Bible said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 80, and the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit. I decree and declare you are growing and you are waxing strong in the spirit. We, tr- we talked about the eight stages of spiritual maturation, and we want all of you to listen to that set of teaching, to go online and follow the eight stages of spiritual maturation. We talked about gaster stage, which is the first. Then we talked about Tito, which is the second. Then we went on to talk about after Tito, Pedion, which is the third. There are eight stages of spiritual maturation, and you could go online. God wants you to grow, but grow in grace. So he's giving you the grace. You don't have to be stunted in any area of your life. I decree and declare that if there is an invisible lid that has prohibited you from growing, I decree and declare that lid is blown to smithereens. I decree that you're going to grow. You're not only going to grow numerically, but you are going to grow spiritually. You are going to grow emotionally. You are going to grow professionally. Watch this. You are going to grow financially. Yes. I got a big hand clap right there. Thank you, Jesus. Every area of your life, you're going to, you're going to experience growth. And then we have this need. We have a need and we will feel unfulfilled. If we don't remain on the cutting edge, if we're ignorant in any area, God has not left you ignorant. He has given us wisdom. Philippians 3, 10 to 12 said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Then we have a need to be known without being known. There's an empty feeling. God said this about Jesus in Luke 2:52 that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. In other words, people began to know him and favor him. And I'm decreeing and declaring that you are no longer going to be a wallflower. I decree you're not going to be a hidden figure. People are going to know you and you are going to be known by people because God is going to elevate you. The Bible said that God is going to set you on high above every nation. And that you know what that means to me? Very simple. He's going to give you celebrity status. And don't be afraid of that word. That word simply means that people celebrate you for something that you do. You're celebrated in your profession. You're celebrated as a uh, icon. You're celebrated in your community and your family. I decree and declare your season of not being known. I decree that season is over. I decree according to Deuteronomy chapter 1, chapter 28, verses 1 to 2, you now are in a season where you are embracing your celebrity status. We have a need to acquire. And one of the things that Psalm 128, 1 to 6 says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. I am prophesying. It is well. It is well with you. It is well in your family. It is well in your relationship. It is well with you. It is well in your business. It is well in your industry. You will no longer work in the work jobs, worst jobs in your industry. From today onward, it's going to be so well. You're going to work in the best jobs in your industry. In Jesus' name. It's going to go well with you. We have a need. And this helps with the fulfillment to accomplish, to see things realized. One of the things that I love is Daniel 11.32. And as I began to research this and study for this message, one of the things the Bible said is the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, right living, right standing before the Lord, the Bible says. And it's interesting Because in order to feel fulfilled, usually uh, we have to do something. But what God is saying, if you know me and if you make your relationship with me a priority, I'm going to do something for you. He says, you're going to be strong and you're going to do some great exploits. Now, let me share with you why this is important. Exploits are any activities or accomplishments or feats or initiatives and endeavor that you do that get Attention, commending results. Number two, that gets jaw 
dropping results, that gets groundbreaking results, that get industry-specific breakthroughs that were considered impossible, that gets status-making results, that gets mind-blowing results, that gets record-breaking results, that get earth-shaking results, I'm getting excited, that gets history-making results. In other words, no one before you has ever done this. They said it couldn't be done, but you did it. That gets history-shaping results, that gets wealth-increasing results, that gets uncontestable results, that gets status quo defying results, that gets news making results, that gets news worthy results, that gets wave making results, that gets noteworthy results. In other words, what you are about to do for God is going to be so unusual that it cannot be ignored. It's going to be so extraordinary that it cannot be overlooked. It's going to be so remarkable that history is going to record it. It's going to be so exceptional that it cannot be disregarded. It's going to be so amazing that your enemy will have to acknowledge it. It's going to be so astonishing that books will carry your name and billboards carry your likeness of your image. It's going to be so sensational that a red carpet is going to be rolled out for you wherever you go. It's going to be so incredible that your life is going to light up social media. It's going to be so unbelievable that universities will study your life as a course for success, leadership, and wealth. It's going to be so phenomenal to influence policy adaptation. It's going to be so striking that status will be, statues will be passed. It's going to be so outstanding that laws will be changed to accommodate your purpose. It's going to be so momentous that those moments will create momentum and and build monuments to your honor. It's going to be so impressive that streets will be named after you. It's going to be so amazing and unforgettable that you will be the talk of, of the town and you will be talked by generations unborn to time. It's going to be so unique that they cannot be duplicated. It's going to be so out of the ordinary that mouths will remain open in disbelief. It's going to be so unusual that people will inhale and you'll have to wait for them to exhale. You will have irresistible outcome. It means that those of us that do know our God, we are going to do these amazing exploits. It's going to be so irresistible that government will not be able to ignore it. Your enemies will not discount it. Scientists will not explain it. This is where God is going to take you. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall live a fulfilled life. Get ready for uncommon favor. Get ready for rare opportunities. Get ready for surprising breakthroughs. Get ready for a fantastic future. Get ready for terrific friendship. Get ready for a tremendous lifestyle. Get ready for stupendous success. Get ready for awesome friendship. Get ready for an amazing wealth. Get ready for a magnificent, miraculous life. And all of the single women, get ready because your Boaz is coming. I decree it, I declare it, and it shall be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your blessed hands together and let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What a powerful word. Did you receive it in the room? This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 